0: Nicole here. This podcast is intended to inspire you on your personal spiritual journey to inner peace. I am not a psychologist or a medical doctor and do not offer any professional health or medical advice. This applies to the podcast guests and or co-hosts. If you are suffering from a psychological or medical condition, please seek help from a qualified health professional. says Hello, Psychic Listeners. Welcome to another episode of A Psychic Story. This is a bonus episode. You loved my interview with Emma Andrews so much. She was in Episode 90, Home Screen Meditation, where we talked about her intuition and her clairvoyance and energy healing and mediumship that we thought we would bring her back. You probably heard us talk a little bit in that episode about how we wanted to do a part two and talk about fear. So Emma is back. Welcome back, Emma. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah, so anyway, I just got so much feedback about the interview, how lovely you were, how positive about your energy as a whole. And I really enjoyed our conversation, obviously, so you're back here today. But again, what we were getting channeled when we were talking was about the whole aspect of fear. And before we get into what that means, I thought like I could maybe hear from you a little bit how you define fear, what you kind of feel fear is. And then I'd like to share a little bit about my perspective as well and then we can get into more about what we think that looks like for everybody else that's listening.
1: Awesome. Well, that's a really big question. <laughs> you right. What is fear, right? I mean, it feels like such a big thing for so many of us in our lives. and And most people go through their lives sort of seeing fear as this like intangible giant experience in their life that is outside of them, outside of their control. And just like, They're thrown into this like dark cloud, you know, where um, where they're they're sort of at the mercy of this force. Right. That's how a lot of people see fear and experience fear in their in their lives on Earth. And it's really helpful to begin to understand more about fear. And what I teach in my classes about fear is that um, fear is created in the mind. It's created in our mind. And it's a it's a really human experience and it's a natural part of being on Earth, right? We're not really supposed to come to Earth and never experience challenge or difficulty, but the things that we are afraid of and that come up for us in our life to sort of bring up that feeling of fear. They are really great tools once you begin to recognize them and work with them. So we can start to shift um, from seeing fear as this big, all-consuming force in our lives that we don't have control over. We can start to get curious about fear. Instead of being afraid of that dark cloud, we can just get curious about it. And that helps us to transform fear and use fear as a tool in our lives to be able to grow, expand, and experience the things that we want to experience on earth.
0: Yes, that's beautifully said. And And one of the biggest reasons I wanted to talk about it uh, is I've said it a little bit throughout this, you know, throughout the show and in different episodes, kind of breadcrumbs sprinkled through. But what I was getting downloaded through many sessions is that when a lot of people will ask me, okay, well, what is my purpose here on earth? What am I here to do? And, you know, when I tune in for every single person, obviously, yes, there's a calling for each person. But at the end of the day, each one of us, it is, it does go back to reconnecting with the divine and that part of us that's love, that higher vibration or that vibration, that frequency that's God's source, universal source, spirit, whatever you want to call it. And what was being described to me by my angels and guides is that fear is not part of us. It's not something that we come to this earth with. It's not part of our frequency, of our energy. It's something that we do experience, whether it's doubt, whether it's sadness, anger, frustration, right? Those are all just lesser versions of fear itself. So fear is what I've been told is it's, it's this vibration and this frequency that just gets us out of alignment and kind of, it doesn't help us, but it like disconnects yeah. us with our higher self and with source. But when you're thinking, okay, well then why do I go through that? It goes back to what you were saying, which is it's a really good tool or experience to allow us to get into that vibratory state of that for lack of better words, higher frequency and love. Because if we didn't have that experience, we wouldn't be able to necessarily feel love and feel other, those other vibrations and frequencies so intensely.
1: Absolutely, yeah. When I look at like, and I'm, when I'm working with my guides and looking at Earth and the experiences on Earth that we all have, we all come to Earth to experience contrast and we come here to experience challenge, you know? We don't come here to, to have a perfect life and perfect experiences and happy all the time and white picket fence like we don't come here for that we come here for the for the contrast for the good and the bad and that's what creates like pressure for us to expand into ways and into more into that our true soul uh experience right it's sort of like pushes us up into this, into this experience. And it takes that contrast. It takes the, that challenge and that um, difficulty for us to step into who we want to be and who we truly are. Because if we just drop down in our white picket fence, right? no no one is we're not being challenged we're not being pushed there's no sort of fire under our butts to Mm -hmm. to get us to to think about things in a new way to expand our our awareness of ourselves and our soul and and our capacity to love right all of these things can are always ever expanding we can always grow and expand in in this direction and so that's why we That's why we're here. Right. And it's and it's helpful to to recognize that fear isn't a bad thing that we need to be afraid of. Right. Because that just perpetuates the fear. Then you're afraid of the fear. And whenever it comes up, you know, it's just a a cycle and and nothing, nothing is actually transforming here. But what will transform that cycle is to begin to recognize fear as a teacher in your life. Um, not as something that controls you, but as something you can witness, you're here to witness on earth and then make a choice from there, you know, and, and become curious. Curiosity is one of the, the ultimate, uh, levelers, right? That we can use in our life to get us to that place of neutrality where we can, where we can make a decision that's right for us and not out of a reactive place. So something I also want to mention about fear is, you know, a lot of the fears we are experiencing as adults in the world come from our experiences when we're young. So so when we experience things that are too much, especially probably most of your listeners listening today are highly empathetic and highly sensitive people, right? They're intuitive people who experience the world in a heightened sort of way. These kinds of people, when they're young, when they're children, they're very sensitive to things that happen and um, can take in a lot that can happen. And that can create fear responses later in life that have to do with experience they had when they were young. So a lot of this work now, becoming curious about fear, you will be reminded of things that happened when you were young to be healed and processed and let go of.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For me, as you were saying that, what popped up was it was almost kind of, it was truly an awakening or a consciousness that I realized that so much in my life was being determined or dictated by fear. And you may not necessarily realize that you're going through life with fear, right? And I think that's why we really wanted to talk about this, right, is because, for example, doubt, doubting yourself when you get that message or that insight of, oh, I really feel like I should be doing X, Y, and Z, but I'm not really sure if I'm up for the challenge or if I could do it, or if I did take that step that I would be successful or what, uh, where's the money going to come from if I make this pivot or the whatever it is, doubt again is a piece of it or whatever. So I realized that a lot of what was happening in my life, I want to say maybe five or six years ago was being dictated or determined by fear or doubt or all of those other things. And then when I realized, and I sat with that feeling of really what it, was that emotion. And like you said, that curiosity, then then you become curious about, okay, well, where is it coming from? Why am I experiencing this? What is it really that I'm trying not necessarily to learn, but what do I need to figure out? What's life telling me, right? So I think that that's really important that you say that. And then the other thing I was just getting downloaded was uh, by Spirit. And this has come up before, but I haven't said it on the show is that every action has an experience and every experience has a call to action. So when you were talking about coming to earth, and we were, he- or we are here to have these experiences and learn and, and grow. And what that looks like, it's like, every step we take, uh, there's a reason why we're taking that step. And again, there's a call to action to it. And there may be be and I hate using the word lessons in here, but for the purpose of this conversation, when he's lesson, there's a lesson or there's a nugget or there's a pearl of wisdom or there's something in it. And most often that's going to make us a little uncomfortable because it's different or it's change or it's whatever. So sometimes I think that, you know, what I'm being led to say is we misrepresent that uncomfortableness of growth is fear.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. That's a great one. And that's something I tell my clients all the time. I'm like, you're making shifts here you're going to be uncomfortable being happy. It's going to feel weird. It's going to feel uncomfortable, especially if you haven't been happy for a really long time. (laughs) Exactly. Right. Your comfort for so many people in the world, their comfort zone is being in fear and doubting themselves. That's comfortable. Right. And putting themselves down and and and, you know, living living in a way that that they don't actually want that's where they're comfortable. So the things that they want are actually in a space of sort of discomfort, right like sort of you know like that shift right has to happen and so they you have to become comfortable being uncomfortable and um, that's what allows you to shift out of that fear because that the fear, the fear, you know so many people, Uh, just live by it, right? Because so so fear is created in our minds. So especially when we're working with our intuition or we're learning about our intuition or wanting to connect with our intuition more, a lot of times what happens, and this happened for me when I was starting out, I would have moments where I would think, oh my gosh, you know, my husband would go to work and I think, oh gosh, he's going to get hit by a car. And then I think, oh, was that my intuition? Right? Was that my intuition that I was afraid that he was going to get hit by a car and then he you know, and then it would start to sort of spiral. So this can happen when we start to work with our intuition because our brain is like, I want, I want to turn, I want in, I want to say, I want to play, right? So it's like, I'll come up with one, right? Your brain just like steps in, but anything that your brain is going to come up with, it's drenched in ego and it's drenched in fear, right? So, so we want to really like, um, begin to distinguish right so so when i was having that that thought with my husband right that was fear that was my brain talking to me it wasn't accurate intuitive information accurate intuitive information is coming from such a high vibration fear doesn't exist on that vibration right fear doesn't fear is never involved in accurate intuitive information so so you can begin to distinguish that and learn to just recognize When you have thoughts that are fear-based, recognize and label them as, oh, that's my mind. And when you have gorgeous feelings within yourself that also provide information, you can recognize that as your intuition.
0: So are you saying then that like you could technically get a bad message, but you're not going to be in fear of that bad message because of the vibration that you receive? So like, for example, with your father and the first, yeah.
1: Exactly. There's no such thing as good and bad, right? It's our brain that creates that. So when you're receiving accurate, intuitive information and connecting with these higher frequencies, good and bad don't exist there. So your brain might interpret things as bad, but in in the true reality, right, there is no such thing.
0: Yeah. Well, I want to kind of crystallize it for everyone. So if you haven't listened to the episode with Emma about home screen meditation, she talks about her experience of when she really started getting more clear, direct, intuitive hits. And don't want to spoil it, but I want to spoil it is that unfortunately her father passed away and she got the information. But when she got the information before it happened, she felt at peace. There was, even though the message itself wasn't the best message, she she wasn't in fear. She wasn't upset or sad about it. It was a beautiful message as a whole. So that's what she's talking about, the vibratory state or the frequency and the state of that. But I do feel, and I want to push a little bit, that there is fear, right? Like there are unfortunately bad things that happen in the world, whether our mind distinguishes it as good or bad or there's not good or bad, right? I get that on like the other side on the spiritual side, but there are things that happen as humans i mean they're bad humans out there, right like they do bad things um there 's murder there's robbery there 's like all of these things so i don 't want to like discount that aspect of it, but what you 're saying as far as like again source and connection to the divine and everything else the the messages that you were, will receive aren't portrayed in that negative state as much as it's just going to be insight and information that you receive. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure that I was like clarifying a little bit too, because I was hearing in that, you know, behind my head, like, but there are things that still happen that are like, that we would as a human say, well, there's good and bad that defines our morals. However, the messages and the frequencies that we receive from source is of love, even if the messages aren't always the best.
1: I guess with the words good and bad, like Mm -hmm. I guess the way that spirit would would interpret that or or have their own way of doing it is there's like being aligned and being out of alignment. Right. It's more of a vibration experience. That's what's so cool about learning to work with your intuition is because you begin to work, learn to work with your energy and to feel that vibration. And then you're out of your head. You're not relying on your brain for for guidance on things. You're working with your true alignment and that can be really helpful uh, to begin and and fun to, to begin to connect with.
0: Yeah. And I also want to say if people are like kind of, well, I don't know if I want to get all of those kind of messages. I only channel or ask for information that are received for best and highest good. But also I tend to gravitate more towards that higher frequency that again, not using the words good or bad, but for this part, I am and say for like the, the better types of messages for the positive for that kind of energy, because that's what I am aligning myself with my guides and angels and aligning myself with. So that's something. Where I gravitate, and you have a choice, like you have free will and choice. But when you kind of shut yourself off to not receiving all of the potential messages that spirit has to share with you, you miss that piece, that puzzle piece that gives you that bigger perspective, right? Of everything. So, and we're in fear, right? Exactly. Exactly. Mm hmm. So I always say for my best and highest good, but I'm also attracting and manifesting best and highest good, the, like all of the infinite possibilities that the universe has to offer. So when you're in that state, you do attract that higher, you know, plane and vibration and manifest and pull that in versus the other two. It's like all about balance.
1: Absolutely. And I love that you brought that up because that really is when you're, when you're not in fear. You're in a state of open heartedness, right? You are open to possibilities. You are optimistic, right? You have you have this perspective that even if things aren't how I like it right now, there's the potential that things will get better. There's the hope, right? So that is a gorgeous place to be because even if things aren't working out like we like them, even if in this moment we are in a difficult situation, we can open our heart to bring in the experiences that we want to, to come in and to, to have, right? Whereas if we're in fear, we shut down and we close off and we are in a state of, um, yeah, like shutdown, like our nervous system shuts down and we can't connect with the potentials and possibilities and opportunities that are there and waiting for us all around us.
0: Yeah. And also the attraction piece of it, right? Again, the manifestation and attracting is when you're in that state. It's almost kind of like when people say like, go with the flow or, you know, all of that, right? It sounds all granola crunchy (laughs) and everything else, but it's true because when you're going with the flow and you're in that vibratory state or that frequency and you are just in love and you're being then what happens is and you're attracting more of that and then you're in the flow and it kind of is that frequency that just goes whereas like you were saying if you're in that fear base or any other type of mentality or you're holding back and you're kind of doing this then what happens is is that it almost it's like it becomes a dam and it's it's around you to the point where then you can't break through. And I do want to go and talk a little bit about the feeling of the emotion, because I think we talked a little bit about this in the episode, uh, you know, that you were on first with home screen meditation is when I first was asking, you know, my guides and angels, okay, now that I recognize I'm in this place of fear, or I've been making decisions based on doubt of myself or ego or whatever, how do I break through it? And there's a million different ways that you can kind of break through it. Meditation's one of them, praying's another one, you know, connecting to source, all of it, right? But the biggest, the or I should say that the most effective way for me was to kind of embrace that fear and actually feel it and allow that feeling to kind of wash over me and process it. And when I say process, I like I let it in, man. And I just breathed in and for a few days, just kind of sat in it instead of kind of holding it back. And then when I did that, I said, okay, now I no longer want this to be part of me. I'm releasing it. As I'm releasing that, I want that love to come in, that feeling of happiness, that feeling, even if I wasn't feeling it at the time, asking for it, I want bliss, joy, happiness, whatever that you're trying to pull in. And then it dissipated. And then that's what that vibration and frequency was replaced. I don't know if you have other ways, but for me, that was the best way to process the fear once I became conscious of it.
1: Mm-hmm. I love that. That's that curiosity piece, mm-hmm. right? Instead of being afraid of the fear and and resisting it and pushing it away, it's saying, everything is all right as it is. I accept all of myself right now, right? I allow myself, it's so self-loving to allow ourselves to have, to experience complicated emotions and complex emotions, right? Like I tell my clients all the time, be messy, right? Mm-hmm. Mess up, right? It's good to mess up, right? That's, that's, that's what we're here to do. We're here to be whole, right? And to experience an entire range of emotions. We're not here to be perfect,
0: and just be happy all the time. And, and yeah, because perfect is the ego's way of control. <laughs> yeah,
1: perfect. Is, it doesn't work out. It doesn't work out. It doesn't ever work out because we're human and we're unique and we're messy and and gorgeous and fun and crazy. Right. So we we have a right to experience all that. But I I I do I do want to give this piece because this has helped me a lot personally work with fear to recognize fear as a trauma response, a nervous system response in our bodies. So a lot of times when we're in fear, yes, it is connected to our brain and our mind and our our mental thoughts will have fear in them. But also it's a physiological experience that happens in our bodies. Um, And it's different for everyone, right? We all have different, based on our childhoods and our personalities, we have different responses we go into when we're in fear. So there's fight, flight, fawn, freeze, right? All of these nervous system responses. A lot of people hang out in these places for their whole lives, right? Which is all right. It's all right. It's all right to experience fear, right? It's not that's not it's not a bad thing. But if you want to start moving through them, it helps to recognize what your go-to is, right? A lot of empathetic people, they fawn. So they are people pleasers. And that's their fear responses. Uh, everyone needs to like me and that I'm safe, right? So when you can recognize where that comes from, where your responses tend to, what it tends to do to your body physiologically, then you can match yourself with a tool that can help move you out of that. So with
0: something like is it real quick, um, I wanted to ask just before I forget this thought, when, yeah, people, yeah. when people are people pleasers because they're empathetic, is that because they're also trying to fix the situation? Because I normally think of empathy as you're picking up on other people's emotions or situations. And so you want to fix the situation because then if yeah. you fix the situation, that's going to make everything copacetic and heal yep. yourself and other people. And so we take on more that's not our stuff. That's
1: saying mom is, mom is not okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Therefore, I'm not okay right now because I'm
1: feeling mom's not okayness. So I need to make mom okay and then mm-hmm. I will feel okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That's a big one. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Yeah.
1: It's a huge one. It's a huge one.
0: Well, no, I was saying too, because that's almost like every single person that comes to me.
1: <laughs> totally. Well, yeah, it totally is. So, fun is this response where we're in fear, we're activated, right? Something happens that activates us. And, and we feel we feel unsafe we feel desperately like we need to know what other people think of us and we need to do the things that other people need us want us to do or need from us so that we can feel okay and so the tool for people pleasers for this spawning response is to learn to recognize your personal needs so what i what i teach is like um So you recognize you're in this activated state, right? You recognize it. That's huge. Just recognizing I realize that I'm activated right now and I'm recognizing that it's like a fawning response, right? I'm recognizing that I want to please other people. And this is from my childhood response coming up. You recognize it. And then what you can do is you can begin to check in with your physical body and your physical needs, right? So am I thirsty? Am I hungry? Do I have to go to the bathroom? Am I tired? Right? Like you would a baby, right? So, so that can help bring you back into that regulated state because then you can realize, okay, I'm okay, right? I'm taking care of myself. I can, I can take care of myself. I can give myself the things I need. Nothing needs to change externally for me to be safe, right? So that's one of the tools that I teach for that specific response. Mm -hmm. But just beginning to recognize it and to identify when you become activated and perhaps
0: where that comes from. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people realize that, especially if you're an empath or an intuitive, that what you're oftentimes picking up on is not your own feelings. Yep. Yeah. I mean, there's also a psychological aspect. There's also a big piece of like the subconscious that you may not realize is actually your stuff. Like all of the things that, you know, growing up, I mean, I'm not discounting that, but um, like you said, recognizing, I usually also say with like, if I'm feeling this way or you're feeling this way, okay, take a moment and say, like you said, am I thirsty? Am I hungry? There's the physical, but then there's also the emotional. Like, did something happen that's causing me to feel this way? If not, okay, is it? does it feel like my own and a lot of times people don't realize that like I can I can finally now distinguish if there's a feeling that's mine versus someone else's because it doesn't feel like my feeling it's kind of hard to explain but when you start to kind of tune in you realize okay that's i'm not that's not my sadness like when i'm sad i feel this way when somebody else feels sad i feel it feels almost like a little bit of a disconnect um and that's just me i can't say for everybody else but i'm curious if that's like how you would describe it too
1: yeah i love that you brought that up because that is such a hard lesson to learn from you know if you're used to just uh feeling everything walking out the door and feeling everything and reading the news and feeling everything and You just it just it it can be so overwhelming, right? And I was right there with you a couple years ago when I started to recognize, like, oh, you know, all these feelings I'm feeling they're they're actually not mine. They're they're my ideas of how other people feel, right? That's a big thing that happens
0: too, and because the world, the collective, like you've you sense everything else that people are going through as well. Yeah,
1: and also we project, like, when we're empathetic, you know, you say you see you know, an animal, an injured animal, right? We're going to imagine the excruciating pain this injured animal is, but maybe the animal's on morphine and not experiencing any pain, right? But we're now experiencing pain, right? Or say we go into a nursing home and we see an older person who is ill, right? We're going to imagine and project what their experiences oh gosh this is terrible poor thing it's probably they might be having the time of their life they might be so happy to be laying in bed all day long and being taken care of and you know we never really know playing cards
0: and hanging out or whatever it is so that's something
1: that we do as empaths you know which is which is It's not good. It's not fair to us. And it's not fair to the other people. We think we're being compassionate when we're saying, oh, gosh, how terrible. That's a very good point. Yeah. How God, oh, gosh, how terrible this is for so-and-so or, you know, oh, they must be feeling terrible. And then we feel terrible when really we don't know. We can never really know what other people are feeling. And um, all we can do is allow ourselves to feel our things And it's like a butterfly effect and other people will learn that it's okay for them to feel their feelings um, because we can't we can't fix
0: anyone and we can't deal with other people's emotions for them. And how all this ties to fear <laughs> is because when you are afraid to feel the emotions and to experience them and to bottle them up and not, you know, go through the process, then to, in my experience, at least, and I can't speak for everyone else, but also when I get downloaded from sources that then it just bottles up and it gets bigger and bigger, and bigger, and it creates that fear, like almost like a cloud, like Charlie, no, it wasn't Charlie Brown, it was Linus, right? Linus had the cloud over him, right? Somebody had the cloud. Anyway, there's like this little cloud that was like following following them around. And it's like, it just kind of, it, it, it picks up, right? And so then you're like, okay, well, then how do I cut through it? And that's why we sure. keep going back to it is because it's fears not to be feared. It's to be experienced. It's to have that curiosity. But understand, it's almost like the key to unlocking everything. We think that it's like fears. is it's that a portal key. Love is that key. It's it is. It's a portal for us to experience, but also it's not meant for us to be there forever. Like I know you said, some people may stay in throughout life in like one state or phase uh, or stage, you know, throughout. And but technically, it's not like we're we're meant to experience all the highs, all the lows, to ebb and flow into everything. There's no real black and white. It's really a true gray area, <laughs> like our lives, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what really helps us expand and grow spiritually because we're able to have all of these different levels and moments as we live here on earth. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Now I want to shift because one of the other things we wanted to talk about was just overall, like I do want to talk about, I'm to say the darker side, but of like spirituality where there are a lot of scammers, there are a lot of imposters out there in this field and i in from my perspective the reason why they're out there is because they sense and they can tell when people are in a fear based reality or when they're grieving or they're going through certain things. And so they've just created these found foundations or these businesses and those practices as far as like reaching out. So this is more of a PSA. I've said it before on other episodes and I talk about it a little bit on social media, but Emma and I wanted to get into it a little bit more here about the overall like kind of some watch outs that you can have when you are out there, when you're going to different practitioners and everything. Obviously the people that I have on this show are vetted, um, they don't pay me to be on here. It's not an advert, you know, it's not an advertising platform. This is really a sense of community for you guys. If, if you feel led to reach out to someone great, if you feel connection, if you like the topic, you want to, you know, get services or books or whatever, that's up to you. But it's really more meant to be free content that you can connect with people in love and light and live your life in that r- regard. Um, but now that I've been doing this more and more, <laughs> having myself been impersonated, having the podcast be impersonated on social, I just wanted to kind of talk a little bit about it. And just to like, let you guys know, there are people that will reach out, they primarily will say, you know, uh, reach out on social media and say, Hey, your energy feels such and such, I feel this about you. Um, Have you ever had a reading before? Would you like a reading? And then they also ask for donations a lot. Um, one time they said that I had an orphanage and that I was taking donations for an orphanage, which, you know, it's a very awesome thing if I had an orphanage and I was taking donations for it, but I don't have one. And I also don't take donations. I do know some practitioners do take donations just because they do offer a lot of free stuff. And so if they do, you know, people will um, do that, but I don't do that. I don't know, Emma, if you've had any experiences or you have any other kind of like tips, but those are the biggest is just if people reach out to you directly on Instagram, I will respond to you if you message me, but I won't proactively direct message you outside of you not messaging me. But that's usually the biggest red flag. And if somebody does, don't even engage, don't even bother. Um, But yeah, any insight from you? This is um, something that I thought a lot about when I began my business, right? Because I was
1: aware of different interpretations that people had of this work, right? And i I wanted to really get clear on it for myself and and sort of sort through the weeds and say, "Okay, what kind of work am I doing here and And how can I make it clear to people you know what I'm doing? Um, i I would say my biggest my biggest advice is work with someone who makes you feel good if you If you get on their website and you feel like light and happy and and excited, that's a really good sign. And you never want to leave a session. I mean, working with people will bring up, hopefully, you know, if they are good practitioners, you're going to be challenged, right? Like we were talking about earlier, like you're going to be pushed into that uncomfortable space for growth, right? That's why all our guides are sort of holding our hand to help us, nudge us along, um, to expand into into more of our desires and more of the experiences we want, right? So, So you will feel discomfort but you, should, you, you shouldn't feel fear, right? Or afraid or, oh, they said this about me. And um, I tell my clients all the time, they have free will. They can do what they want. They don't have to ever listen to me or do what I say. But if if you're working with someone and they're saying you have to do this, you must do this, right? That's the fear the fear mentality. Tune into how you feel when you're working with this person and get excited and find people that really make you feel, feel good. That's my
0: advice. Yeah, it was really interesting. The couple weeks ago, or shouldn't, a couple weeks ago, it was last weekend, gosh, <laughs> I was at an um, actual psychic festival event and there were was a lady who came up and she's like, you know, I only do mediumship. I don't do psychic readings because of X. And then somebody else was like, well, I only do energy healings um, because of X. And so I found it just extremely intriguing because, you know, one person was saying, I only offer mediumships because I wanna, or go into the mediumship aspect because I wanna help people connect with their loved ones from the other side and help them heal and, you know, from the grief process. And she's like, you know, because people have free will and choice, psychic readings, I don't necessarily do those because Uh they can be iffy at best, that sort of thing. And I was like, well, I love the psychic readings, at least for me, it's less about career and love and all of that. And it's more about your soul journey and your soul growth and like how that's connected. Right. But to each their own. And then another person was like, I don't like to do like the readings because I just like the energy healing itself and helping people shift their vibrations and not the talk. So it's so amazing to me how each of us like feel a calling and feel a purpose and feel led about going into whatever practice and whatever area that is, because that goes back exactly to what you're saying. If you feel that you're either drawn or somebody like a practitioner wants to, you know, or is like helping you level up to some extent you're obviously hearing that message or hearing that calling to go in that direction for a reason. The other thing that got us talking offline last time when we had the interview was people being afraid because maybe they had some fear-based religion or they had been taught certain ways. And so uh, the term psychic or medium or what have you had a darker connotation and it had some sort of negative thing. And so, But yet in their hearts or their soul, they're feeling that calling. Maybe it's not not necessarily to do it as a profession, but they just want to learn more on their spiritual journey. So what would you have to say about that? Um, any like mis or misconceptions related to that aspect of fear?
1: So yes, I'm so glad you brought that up because growing up Catholic, there was a lot of rules around how to experience spirituality. There was a lot of rules about what you can and can't do with regard to our spiritual life and our spiritual experience, Right. So. A priest can communicate with God directly and and communicate with your loved ones, but you can't, right? Mediumship is not is not okay. So there were these rules there that um, I really had to work through and process through on my own. And a lot of other intuitives that I'm friends with and I work with have had similar experiences of just having to sort through it all on their own and and recognize no. This feels good for me, right? And even though this, I I got messages when I was younger that, and I'm, I'm probably getting messages still today from my family members, right? Or whatever, that this is not okay. It feels right to me. So I'm gonna set that aside and keep that for myself and keep moving forward, building a foundation now on things that are right for me and feel right for me instead of things that I was told
0: were right or wrong for me. Yeah, I was going to say that, uh, you know, this may sound conspiratorial and if it does, that's because it is. (laughs) But is that, you know, big church or big state, they're going to create things that shut us down and cut us off from source. We all have the ability to be connected to God, because we're part of God. That's where we came from. You know, that's also why I tend to channel work with angels a little bit more, because for me, it is easier, right? Uh, Just because of the nature of who they are, their messengers. But at the end of the day, when you're looking at that, um, the fact that, Certain churches or certain religions say that it's only priests or say it's only certain people. It's like a limited few. That's why there's a huge myth and misconception out there that we don't all have intuition, that we aren't all psychic, that we don't and can't all do energy healing and everything else because it is our God given right as spiritual beings to have that connection to source and to live in it and to actually be in that vibration and be in that frequency and be in that state. So if you are feeling fear, Because of what you've been taught or because of just whatever reason, just know that it's totally okay to feel that way, but also just be conscious and aware of where it's coming from.
1: We always fear the unknown, right? Like, and that's part of the thing when we're growing up, right? If we don't know something, it's scary, right? If we don't know, you know, if someone's going to walk into the house or, right, the unknown Mm -hmm. is scary for all of us, right? And so for a lot of people who haven't personally experienced you know, a, a direct connection with spirit, like using their intuition or mediumship, communicating with their loved ones, right? There's that unknown aspect and that can be triggering. And mm-hmm. I find that a lot when I, when I tell people what I do for a living, right? I can see it sometimes in people's eyes. They're like, you're what? You do what? <laughs> you talk to who? Like mm-hmm. it, it, it brings up all their beliefs around death, with you know, all the fears around death, all the ideas around, you know, life and what we're supposed to do and not supposed to do. Right? It, there's a lot going on in the in this career and in this in these topics that can be triggering for people. So that's why you know, working with your intuition and growing in this way, it really is a healing experience too, because you're always going to be pushing your boundaries and pushed to your limits of uh, what you believe and what you think you can do. And pushing through that fear that's holding you back, right? Saying, no, you can't, you can't shine that bright, right? You can't, you can't receive that much love, you know? And that's, that's a big thing that it all comes down to really that I see is it's about receiving love. A lot of times, you know, people come from churches where love was something that you had to earn, Mm -hmm. you had to earn, or you had to uh, keep by staying with the status quo, that's how you kept it and that's how you were worthy of love but really we are all worthy of infinite beyond our wildest dreams buckets of love every second of every day and um and we deserve that connection and that to our intuition and to to that stream of love
0: yes i love that i mean i think that's almost an amazing way to end but i'm feeling like there's one more message here and i'm trying to figure out what it is channeling that was what it, what it was. When you were talking about beliefs, um, I was reminded by something I posted on Instagram a while back, and I will find it and reshare it. But it was that source told me beliefs aren't real. And I was mm-hmm. like, what do you mean beliefs aren't real? And it's because if you think about it, any thought that pops in your head, like you were saying in the very beginning, it's your mind, it's your ego, these beliefs that are coming in, the things that you think you know about. Well, I believe something because I experienced these things. So these happen. So then it's like a truth or it's a knowing, right? That's different. So really, if you think about it, mic drop at the end of the episode, (laughs) our beliefs are not real is like kind of just shakes your world, right? Because because I struggled with that. I was like, I was arguing with my, my spirit team when they said that and I really had to sit with it. And I was like, but my beliefs are real. Because when you say that, it's like you feel that it's discounted everything that you've experienced in life. Like, you know, but I did experience these things in these beliefs, but the beliefs are a construct.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Beliefs are just thoughts that you've thought a lot. That's all. That's all. A belief is right. So, so I think it's incredibly freeing to think about because Mm -hmm. it reminds you that you know you you can change at any point, right? You can shift who you are at any point by shifting those neural pathways and creating new thought patterns that create new beliefs. I'm so glad you brought this up because I was recently working with a client and she was struggling with this. She was struggling with. Filing cabinets of <laughs> unhelpful beliefs in her consciousness, right? She and she was an older woman, she was in her 80s, right? So she has a whole lifetime of these beliefs stacked up on, on in her filing cabinets of her brain. And I was trying to explain it to her, so I asked her guides to help and they gave me this, um, this description. They said, Okay, imagine you're walking around barefoot one day and you stub your toe. <laughs> on the side of the wall, right? Right. Then you think to yourself, it's not safe for me to have bare feet. I have to always have shoes on or I might stub my toe. And that becomes your belief. So you begin living your life showering, you the know, doing everything <laughs> with shoes on, maybe steel-toed boots, right? Mm-hmm. And that's your belief. You have a belief now that I am not safe without my shoes on all the time and so it's a process when we let go of these beliefs and we work through those beliefs we can maybe learn that it's okay to just have socks on in the house and then we can maybe just try you know laying in bed with no shoes on and just feeling how that feels that's the discomfort right that we were talking about it will feel uncomfortable because you've had shoes on for 25 years right and you've had this belief that i'm not safe without shoes on that belief isn't real. You know, we all know from that metaphor,
0: this person is okay barefoot, right? Right, that's a great example. Because when they told me beliefs aren't real, I was like, bullshit. Sorry for saying it, but like, <laughs> I was like, they are. And then they're like, but they're not, it's a construct. And so when you use it as an example like that, it be, it really crystallizes it for us. And it goes again, back to fear is that that fear is not of us. It's something that we're experiencing, but it's not part of us. And it's actually not, I mean, it may feel real as hell, but it's really not real. It's not our vibra- vibration. It's not the state of being of who we are. We may sit in it. And we may feel comfortable with it because it's been around for so long, but it's all the things that we talked about. Well, before we part, Emma, any other parting thoughts or words or wisdom that you'd like to offer everyone?
1: I just want everyone to know that
0: you are so intuitive.
1: You are a gorgeous, unique manifestation of the divine walking around with your (laughs) headphones on, getting the mail. I just, I see all of you, you know, and, and each one of you is absolutely gorgeous and, um, keep going. Let yourself be uncomfortable. Let yourself take your shoes off and wiggle your toes and be barefoot, right? Let yourself receive love more than you ever thought possible. Um, I believe in you. I'm cheering you on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you so much. And for anyone who wants to reach you, obviously I'll include it in the show notes, but where can they get a hold of you? Uh, my website is
1: uh, emma-andrews.com. And my Instagram handle is at Emma R-E-W-S, Emma Ruse. And um, I teach a course called The Intuitive Method. We're starting in February again. So if you'd like to learn with me, explore your intuition come on over. I also do private readings.
0: So if you'd like to check it out, check out my website. Yes, yes. And if you didn't listen to the episode that she was on before, please do. It's home screen meditation. It was dropped right when I was doing the meditation series. So I think a lot of people may have thought it was an actual meditation, which it is. She offers a free meditation at the end um, and also on her website for everyone. And the idea is that it's like your home screen of your phone. And so you can tap into your meditation that way or turn it on, turn it off kind of thing. So it's a really great me- meditation to walk you through and to activate your energy intuition if you're interested but we talk primarily about intuition as a whole and how emma got in started in this business and what that looks like so if you again haven't listened to that episode please go back and do it i'll be sure to link it in the show notes as well but thanks again emma it's always a pleasure to talk to you and i'm sure this will not be our last (laughs) oh thank you so
1: much and thank you everyone for listening and for being a part of this gorgeous magical community i'm just thrilled so thrilled
0: Thank you for listening to A Psychic Story. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode and join the conversation on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. All episodes are free on your favorite podcast player or at apsychicstory.com. Have a question? Is there a topic you'd like to hear more about or have a suggestion for a future guest? Send an email to contact at psychicstory.com or leave a voicemail message at 1-800-880-1881. We'd love to hear from you and you may even be featured on a future episode. If you're interested in booking a session with me, you can do that directly on the website. And if you want to hear even more content hosted by yours truly, check out my other show, Supernatural Matters. Reminder that you are automatically entered to win either a free 20-minute intuitive or energy healing session with me if you leave five stars along with a positive review. Currently, reviews can be left on Apple, Stitcher, Podchaser, or CastBox podcast players. Don't forget to email contact at a when you do because it allows me to get in touch with you if your name is pulled in the drawing. Your name stays in until you win.